Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary show, where ordinary heroes tell extraordinary stories during unique and never-been-heard-before conversations with your host, Hillary Arno Burns. Hillary's unique listening and way of asking questions results in conversations that aren't usually talked about, so you can create the life that you really want but are afraid you can't really have. We are demonstrating the greatness in the human spirit and creating a world where we all reclaim our birthright of joy, happiness, purpose, and passion. Now, here's your host, Hillary Arno Burns. Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary show. And today we have a very special guest. This is going to be a fascinating conversation with Jack Blackwell. Jack is an expert in lineage based trauma. And when you hear what Jack has to say, I think you will be very intrigued, very fascinated, and maybe even very relieved. So, welcome, Jack. Hi. Hillary, thank you so much for having me on this show. I look forward to our conversation and hope it's a blessing to your community. Sure, well, um, I've already heard a little bit and I can't wait to get going. So let's, so, all right, so why don't we talk about you? Where were you born and how did you get into all this stuff? How did that evolve into your life? Uh, I was born in North Carolina. I was immediately driven across country to California with my mother at the age of nine months. And very, very rough childhood. Very rough childhood. A lot of broken bonds, a lot of threats, uh, not feeling safe. And at the age of 18, I really came into, like, I just got so sick of where I had been failing high school and all this, that I made a mental commitment to turn my life around. And at that point, I, I really began my healing journey. And the, the key thing for me, I think, that happened when I was 18, is I went from this very uh, traumatized household with my mother and a stepfather, and I met my biological father. So he called on the phone. He said, hey, Jack, I'm your father. I want to talk to you. And I met him within a couple of weeks. I had moved up to Northern California and I was living with him, only child. And all of a sudden I had two brothers. Uh, it was just a dramatic shift and it really allowed my healing journey to, uh, to flourish. And I've been working right. on myself for about 35 years now. Wow. Okay. So can we go back when, you, <laughs> just so I can, so, so North Carolina, why did your mom drive what was was she not with your father? Obviously, if you hadn't met him, like yes. why was she driving to California with you when you were nine months? <laughs> well, I think deeper level part of the reason was because I had really bonded with my grandmother because my mom was not available, and I think that pissed. I think that made her angry. I think she resented her own mother, so she's like, "You can't have Jack." So I think that's part of the reason. Another part is that. Uh, she divorced my biological father when I was uh, in the womb, when I was in the womb. And she remarried within a year. She remarried within a year. And his family was in California. Okay. Okay. So you have, so what was the, the, all the, the bad stuff, the broken bonds and stuff, was that with your mom, with your stepfather? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
One of the things I've seen through constellation work, you know, because it'll show us the hidden dynamics and the hidden patterns within families, is is one of the things it showed was that there were significant thoughts for her to have an abortion. She had had an abortion before me, significant thoughts when I was in the womb of whether she was going to abort me or keep me. And so that's a big, that's a big trauma. So anybody that is born with that imprint, that's pretty significant. And then having bonded with my grandmother, with her mom, because my mom left the house immediately and just began working every day. She really couldn't deal with children. They, they really mess with her nervous system. And, and then at nine months and then having that bond broken and then never meeting my father, though, even though I never met him, that is significant bond because at a soul level, I did know him, right? As a soul level, I do know that's my soul of my father, soul of my mother. So those were the biggest breaks in the bonds early on for me. So, but you didn't understand this then. You just knew no, something no. was very wrong. And like, how did it show up as a, as a kid for you? I, um, I was failing high school. Uh, I graduated from continuation school. I was really raising myself. I, I was neglected. I was severely neglected. Uh, food, food and shelter uh, were provided. Food, shelter, and clothing were provided. Um, but I was taking myself um, at, to my own orthodontist appointments at the age of 12. So as a 12-year-old, I was responsible for making my appointment, getting myself to my appointment and all that. I was really kind of on my own. And I had braces for nine years. Right? I braced nine years because nobody ever took me to my orthodontist appointments. And I was a 12-year-old. I missed an appointment. And then I'm like, oh, I feel ashamed. I, I missed an appointment. I'd make another appointment. And then I wouldn't go for two years. I have broken braces. and uh, I wasn't I wasn't taken care of. I wasn't showered. I wasn't bathed. Uh, I was doing my own laundry. I heard from my grandmother when I was five. Uh, so pretty strong neglect. And the weird thing about the wound of neglect is it's harder to pinpoint than an, than an overt trauma. Like if someone's beating someone or we, we know the society acknowledges that, but neglect is much harder to detect. Um, and I was scared in the household every day, scared of a hidden rage in the family system. My stepfather's hidden rage in my, they had a war. They were at war and it was a cold war. It was like Russia, United States. Your mom and him? And my stepfather, yeah, nobody was talking about it. And was always scared, like, could this be the thing that sets it off? Because mm. they would explode about every three months, and then it would go quiet again. But they stayed together? They were together until shortly after I left at 18. I was kind of the thing that was kind of keeping her going, because she and I had an overly close bond, a little overly sexualized bond. I was like her little partner, her little husband. And uh, same thing her dad had done to her, right? Generational patterns generational patterns. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So your dad, so your dad finds you and he reaches out and you go meet him and then you leave, go live with him. I go meet him. He says, come on up to Napa, California. I want you to meet my family. I said, okay, went up to Napa and I was there for a week, met, met two brothers, grew up an only child, very introverted, only child, very much, much a loner. And all of a sudden there was this family. It was like a family and two brothers and they were younger than me. So they respected me. I was like, oh, the Southern California brother and uh, very liberal hippie uh, household, whereas I grew up in a staunch kind of Republican household. Mm. And uh, he said, why don't you, why don't you move in with us? 
I went home and I had my car packed up, my 68 Camaro packed up in two days, day and a half. I left my stepfather a note on the television because uh, it was kind of my way of saying, you know, flipping him off, flipping him off. Uh, it was. And and I drove up. I said, I'm leaving. This is where I'm at. And I live. I lived in that household for five years. Wow. Yeah. And why didn't he reach out before? Do you know? That's always been interesting to me. I've always had questions about that. It's a great question. He says he didn't want to get involved. He would contact my mother every couple of years. Oh. I knew I was an adopt. I knew I was adopted, half adopted. Of course, I was with my biological mother. But when you just grow up in a household with someone for eighteen years, that's just dad. That's yeah. dad. That's daddy. There is nobody else. Uh, he would call her every couple of years to check in. He says, looking back, he said, "If I hadn't known how bad it was for you, I would have. I would have shown up a lot sooner. Would have shown up a lot sooner." So, so yeah. So he was calling. You just, but you never talked to him when he called. Wow. Um, never even crossed my mind. Nobody ever mentioned it. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so you go there and you live for five years. Now, did your grades get better? Did everything improve or not yet? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, uh, I, something I just realized with my therapist. I've always had a story that I was very weak in childhood. I was kind of like the, always the smallest kid in school. I was the kid they threw in the trash cans and kind of the picked on, picked on, picked on kid. And I realized with her just about a month, two months ago, because my story is like, oh, I was kind of weak and I, I wasn't strong. And and I realized it's like I had this aha. I was like, wow, as soon as I moved to Napa, I went from failing school uh, to the junior college to getting straight A's in the junior college, like the next. And, and I realized this in therapy. And I was like, wow, it wasn't that I was weak. It was that I was so contracted because of the fear in the environment that I had to protect protect myself to try to stay alive, make sure I didn't trigger the people with the power. A lot bigger than me, stepfather was, you know, six one, six two. And and I was my mom was only five foot. I took more after her sizing. Um yeah. Yeah. So wow. so I realized so so that and in and, and, and 10th grade, from 10th grade on, I took zeros on every oral report in high school because I broke down in an oral report in front of a class. Uh, and so I just took zeros. It was too much shame. I carried a lot of it. lineage level. I carried our family's shame. Like I carried the shame for the family. That was a pattern that I took on as a, as a young one. Wow. And so, yeah. Uh, so I really started to turn things around when I, when I moved to, to Napa and realized like, uh, oh, I actually was strong. I was just contracted and protecting my strength wow. and who I was. And being careful. You're being careful. I was being very careful. It was dangerous. It was very yeah. dangerous. Yeah. I get it. I've had that one. Mm, um, you know. Oh, yeah. So, all right. So you were there. You went there for at 18. You stayed five years. You saw you weren't weak. And then where'd you go from there? At 23? Well, when I was 18... My dad and my stepmom, they had a psychic that they liked. They weren't, they weren't really very spiritual at all. They're uh, more like atheists. Uh, they saw a psychic. And they said, well, Jack, we got your present. We got a session. Wait, wait, wait. Your mom and your... 
Uh, excuse me, my stepmother, my stepmother, clarify. Oh, okay, father, okay. My and father, okay, got it, yeah. got it, got it. Okay. And she said to me, I see you traveling. I see you being away from home all the time. Have you ever thought about that? And I really, I really hadn't, I really hadn't. Well, turns out uh, seven years later, I get hired with US Airways as a flight attendant. So now leave home, uh, move to a completely new city. I, I've had many of these completely new city experiences. Moved to a completely new city, uh, Washington DC area, and began a 10 year career as a steward flight attendant with US Airways. Wow. Okay. So that was fine. You're doing fine there. Then what happens? So that was 10 years. Okay. I'm tracking. Right. Here. So, so now you're what? Like 30, 32? 30, technically 35 when I left the airline. Okay. I was 35. Okay. So at the age of 35, I knew that I, I loved I loved being a flight attendant. It's a super, super fun job. I love having fun. I like playing. It's pretty, and, and, but I also knew that it wasn't in my heart. Mm. I needed something deeper. I needed something with more meaning. And it was no longer fulfilling my heart and soul. And for this crazy thing happened, 9-11, uh, 9-11 happened. I was in New York that day. Uh, we had spent the night in New York City as a, at, a, at an overnight. And we flew out of New York that morning at about uh, 8, 8.30 in the morning out of LaGuardia, uh, going down to Florida. Oh my God. And the trauma of that, the, the, the horrific story of that created an opportunity for me to retire after 10 years. They said, you know, you can have travel for the rest of your life. Uh, if you have more than 10 years of seniority and you leave the company. And so I, I, I was, I took that opportunity. Was that to, uh, for everybody or just for you? For me and my, my uh, dad and my stepmom, they were on my travel privileges also, but, or for the, the flight attendants. Yeah. All the, any no, flight attendant with more than the, 10 years. The opportunity to leave, they gave that to everybody. Because no one was flying, or like why? Yeah, they were. They were. They desperately were cutting staff in two thousand and one, two thousand and two. They were trying to get rid of everybody they could to okay. shrink the size of the companies, the airline companies. So you took it. I took it. I took it, and um, once again, my life's been very spiritually guided. Once again, I am seeing. I, I'm learning. I had this amazing experience, amazing transformative experience called breath work. Mm. Have you ever tried? Have you ever done breath work? Have you ever tried it? Yeah, you, different forms of it. Um, mm -hmm. But like, yeah. But what do you mean by? I mean, I've done rebirthing. I've done, you know, what, yeah. Stuff like that, it, so yeah, I have a rebirthing story too. Uh, so I trained. I trained in. Uh, I trained in rebirthing, and I trained in holotropic breath work. But my first experience was I was learning uh, from a man named Colin Tipping, wrote a book called Radical Forgiveness, and I'm very drawn to go to his event. So I went to his event in Atlanta. And in the middle of this event of me saying, oh, I, I draw a picture of your mother and then tell your mother you hated her and hit a uh, cushion with a tennis racket and get your anchor out and all that. 
And I have this breathwork experience in the middle of that event. That was like a four-day event. And I am like, holy cow. Like that one hour was perhaps the most powerful hour I've ever had in my life. And I was getting just downloads, just downloads of deep soul level recognition that my mother didn't do anything wrong, that there was a perfection, that there was a divinity in the whole thing. And then it shifted and it was, I had tears, tears just flowing down my face the entire time. And then I realized I didn't do anything wrong. And so it was like the self-forgiveness piece kind of came on board. And that was right after I left the airlines. Because of that experience, I'm like, wow, I kept that same weekend. I, I it was kind of, it was, no, it was the same weekend that I decided I was going to quit. That same weekend, I said, I'm going to quit. I need to step out on faith that something else is going to show up. I keep holding on to the job, waiting for the next thing. And I just got it. It was like, it won't show up until I let go. And so I said that weekend, I said, I'm going to let go. I had this transformative experience with breath work. And for the next three weeks, I just thought about how powerful that experience was for me. Mind-blowing what happened in an hour. And I thought to myself, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to help people and I want to learn breath work. And maybe I can help people with breath work. Wow. Why not, right? It's, a, it's such a profound modality. So, so where did you go to get trained? Well, I, I trained in uh, Virginia with Leonard Orr. I did his three-week facilitator uh, training, uh, rebirthing pro program in the woods of Virginia. Wow. And, uh, in, and I'll, I'll tell you a little, a little segue, a little uh, tangent out of that is that during that three weeks, we had a free afternoon. And in that free afternoon, a woman named Heike from Germany says, oh, I'm going to lead family constellation work. Does anybody want to experience that? And I was like, okay, that sounds good. I, I'll check it out. That completely changed the direction of my life. Also, that was another just massive shift. Um, that's the tangent, of course, and that's what I do for uh, my entire career now. And that's all I'll ever do. Like I want to, I want to go until I'm 75. That's my dream. So uh, she led it. She led it while you were there in the woods. Mm -hmm. doing Free afternoon. So then mm -hmm. you said, this is for me. And you went that way. I, I didn't quite say it's for me. What I, what I said was, because you've experienced family constellation work also. Here was the set. We did four constellations that day. And in all four of them, and I didn't know what I was getting into at all. Uh, all four of them really, really, really centered around me. And looking back, I was like, oh, spirit really wanted me to grasp how deep this work was. And one of them was my constellation. Uh, two of them, the focus client, chose me to represent them. So I had all that energy run through me. And then the last one, I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired. Like, I'm tired of running this energy through my body. And, and, and the focus client chose someone else to represent them. I was like, oh, thank gosh, I get a break. And then and they said, oh, Jack, can you represent my mother? And I didn't realize, <laughs> what, I was, I didn't realize what I was getting into. I was like, sure, that sounds reasonable. And that was the most powerful of all the roles. And, and I remember sitting around the fire uh, afterwards. And may, maybe like you, I don't know, but I was, it was, that was so far beyond my comprehension of what was possible as a human that we have access to, to wisdom about what's happened in our lineage, things we wouldn't even be able to know about, that you could know what happened in my lineage by stepping into a role with, 
without knowing anything. And um, I, I was just like, whole, I was sitting in front of the fire and I was just like, wow, I don't know what just happened, but my beliefs just changed. Like I have to change my beliefs because what I saw was way beyond what I believed was possible as a human that I could do this. Uh, just wow. the mysticism of it. It was really beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah. I I remember someone gifted me a session. I was in the group. And, you know, it was like a blind one. So we had a piece of paper. We took a piece of paper. And I don't even think we looked at it. I don't know. But, like, it was like with the slavery. You know, some someone went back to their... Uh, ancestors who were slaves and we just did what we felt to do and then I found out I was the or maybe I was I don't remember but it was just like wow how did that happen like it was so it was it was nuts right wow that's beautiful and then I think I I think I told you when we were talking I we just did this thing at the very beginning where you know you would walk one, one, there were two rows, one would walk and we would just keep looking into people's eyes. And I saw, I'll start crying, but that's okay. Um, my, you know, this old woman from like the old country crying, she was just crying. And, um, I don't know. I just knew that was my mother's mother and my, my grandmother had left at a young age, 10 or 12 to come to America because there weren't, wasn't enough money for her dowry. There were a lot of girls and she came with her sister to America. And so like, I had never seen, I had never thought about her mother. I was just like, wow, that's amazing that you came at that age. But her mother, you know, there she was saying goodbye to two of her daughters and she was crying. And um, I was like, what? you know, I just saw her in someone's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And that blew me away. And after that, I, you know, I went back a couple of times and did my own, but that's when I said, wow. And it was like, we weren't allowed to talk about it for, I don't know how many days or months. And so it was like, I couldn't even tell it. <laughs> but I just remember like, that was cool. And since then I have, you know, reached back to different generations or ancestors when I felt an emotion that I was like, you know what? I don't think this is mine. I, I don't have desperation. I'm not desperate. My life is pretty cool. But I had this, like this terrible stuff would come over, especially at night when I'm trying to sleep. And I'm just like, wait, whose is this? This isn't mine. And I asked them to take it back. And um, and it goes. The, Sometimes the... they don't want to. Here, here's here's the, that woman. They ended up in the concentration camps. Mm. And you know, so I would have a conversation with her and say, she didn't forgive herself, not to, not to take the attention off of you, but I was trying to have her, I don't remember the emotion, but take it back. And, and she couldn't forgive herself for putting her daughters on the boat. She was ashamed. She had shame. That's what I had, shame. And I was like, you know what, if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here. None of us would be here. They survived and you guys died. So you were actually the hero to do that. Yeah. So I could feel her like, okay, you know, but she didn't want to give up the shame, you know, so maybe it wasn't hers actually. Maybe she inherited it too, but, but finally she did. And then it lifted for me. 
So it was, it was really amazing, but it was like having a conversation with her, even though she's long gone and I never met her, but she couldn't forgive herself as a mother. But I was like, Hey, we have great lives here. You know, you did a good thing. So anyway, that was my, that, you know, this was years later after the consolation, but I, I remembered it and went back. So anyway, so go ahead. So you well, found it. <laughs> let's 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 at least let's change it for just a minute. Um okay. because I have a similar story. I have a wow. similar story, right? Um my family was from uh what is now Moldova. At the time it was Russia. It's Russian held. It's been many different countries, many different nationalities of who's controlled that piece of land. And things were bad, and things were bad. And in this town, they were my family last name. Uh, see, Blackwell. Blackwell's a name that was made up when I gave up Smith, uh, which is my stepfather's name. My birth name is Kishinev. And the ancestral name, which was changed when the family came to America, was Kishinevsky. Kishinevsky. And uh, in Kishinev, Russia, Kishinev, Russia, in 1903, there were pogroms. Mm. And that's even my family's last name, right? There were pogroms. And uh, these pogroms made worldwide headlines because of the brutality. There were about 25,000 citizens, Jewish citizens, and uh, 50 were killed, and like 500 were were. Uh, wounded, the businesses were destroyed, Jewish businesses were destroyed, uh, many, many, many rapes, many women raped. And uh, so they sent, and then there were programs again in, in much of Russia and, and two years later in 1905. But the first one was just in the town of kind of my great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, really. My great-grandfather would have been a little boy. There was a little boy then in that town when all this violence goes on. And then the great-great-grandparents did something that was remarkable, but I've seen it in a constellation. It's truly heartbreaking, Uh, especially my great-great-grandfather, who we saw in the field, is that he sent away all four of his sons, all four of his boys, one at a time. When he had the money, sent them to America. Had the money, sent them to America. Had the money, sent them to America. And this split in the lineage you know, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Uh, and it really kind of crushed him. It really kind of crushed him. And what I saw in the in the constellation was that my great-great-grandfather, grandmother was actually pleased because, wow, we gave them a chance at life. Mm-hmm. We gave them a chance at life because we would have been in the middle of World War II, World War One, and then World War Two, and, and, and most of the family, not much of the family survived, uh, you know, the wars. Yeah. Uh, so similar, similar journey, but then realizing like, you know, I had this aha recently where I was kind of like the men in my line are kind of collapsed. Great grandfather was kind of collapsed. Grandfather was kind of collapsed. Dad was kind of collapsed. Like they really didn't f- prosper and fruitful. And and I've I've judged them a little bit as being weak. Mm. Mm. And but I had this aha uh, recently about a year ago. I was like, wow, look at the strength to carry what they carried, the trauma that they carried from the family to leave that situation and give us a chance at life, to give me a chance at life. Um, and having to walk away from your mom and dad and never see them again, live, right? So that so, was your grandfather? Uh, it was my great-grandfather that they sent over as a boy about 21 years old. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that was on your father's side, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Heavy oh, stories, right? What'd you say? Heavy stories, heavy stories, but yeah, real. So, but real. So, and that was the father that you met at 18. Yeah, his his lineage, yes. Yeah. His and then what about lineage. your mom's? Did you do anything with hers? Yeah. You know, I think anybody that, I, I believe that healers take on, a, most healers take on a wound. I believe that most healers come into some sort of a traumatic childhood mm. intentionally as souls. Because it's really the wound for most people, not everybody, most. It's the wound. And once we resolve the wound, we get our gifts. Mm -hmm. And without taking on the wound, we, we have lesser developed gifts or not as strong gifts. But when we have to actually work through them and learn and grow, then we can really share them with other people. And my mother's side, like you were talking about, uh, slavery. Southern, southern family, slaves, um, alcoholism murders, uh, some heavy stuff in, cause they were, they were moonshiners in North Carolina. Uh, wow. So there was some, uh, and looked like a murder that, uh, my grandfather had some involvement with my mom's dad, uh, showed up in the field like three times in a row without people, groups knowing one another, like three times in a row, this one thing showed up. It's like, Oh, this has to be looked at. This has to be addressed. Um, so you so think he was the killer? That wasn't the sense I got. The sense I got was that he would, was part of it, didn't okay. actually do the thing, but it was but part knew of it. about it and didn't share any, didn't tell anybody. Wow. Oof. It's amazing what's happened in the lineage and then, of course, how we can carry these imprints. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So we have, we get, why don't we do the commercial break and then we'll come back. We'll talk about more and what you're doing and how's that. This is so interesting, right? I love I love talking about this stuff. It's so enjoyable yeah. to me. Let's do okay, that. Okay, cool. All right, good. All right. So let's go to our sponsors and we'll be right back. Has social-emotional learning become just one more thing on your teacher's plates? Do teachers and students both find it boring and ineffective? Then bring Kikori to your school. Kikori transforms classrooms through experiential SEL activities that help students play, reflect, connect, and grow. Even better, students say it's more fun than recess. Schedule a no-obligation conversation at kikoriapp.com slash bringkikori. K-I-K-O-R-I. Do you ever feel like you can't say what you really want to say? Or that you're stuck or in a holding pattern in your relationships, career, personal life, or finances? Are there things you want in life that you've given up on? Are you resigned that this is as good as it's going to get? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Hillary Burns, host of the Getting Real with Hillary show, has the solution you need. Hillary is a published author of three books and has a program called The Getting Real Process. This process frees you from what is holding you back, allowing you to create a life you love. Don't believe it? It is hard to believe that it could work, isn't it? The proof is that hundreds of Hillary's clients have used The Getting Real Process 
and are now free to create whatever they want in relationships, career, finances, enjoying life, or just loving themselves more. So go to realtalkwithhillary.com and order Hillary's book, Real Talk, and set up a conversation. So we are back with the Getting Real with Hillary show. And thank you again to our sponsors, Kikori. If you'd like to bring social, emotional, no, experiential social, emotional learning to your schools, to your businesses, and you really want to have those emotional connections and that social part that might have been lost during COVID, uh, go to kikoriapp.com and uh, schedule a time to talk to them. And as always, if you're not speaking up, you find yourself a little bit stuck, go to, you can email me at hillary at gettingrealwithhillary.com and let's have a chat about getting you free. And speaking of free, let's go back to Jack Blackwell. Welcome. Thank you. Now, you know, my question is for someone who doesn't know about constellations and, you know, they're, they're hearing us talk about stuff that might sound a little crazy. Um, Cause it, cause it even does like, Oh, you're talking to your great grandmother in your head and you know, blah, 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 like who would believe that? Now, some people do, some people just like go like whatever. Um, but what, like, what can you say to those people that, that they could try or that, you know, I don't know. I, I don't even know how you, or do you not talk about it? Do you just say, try it? It, it is an experience uh, best felt, as you know, like it is challenging to describe this work because it's so far out of the human awareness of what is possible mm-hmm. that we can take on these roles and actually shift energies that live within our bodies. Um, but I'll, I'll share this, Hillary. There's a there's a famous experiment that we refer to, refer to in family constellation work. Uh, it's from uh, I believe Emory University. And I don't know if you've heard of this experiment or not. Um, but they took, uh, and this is for, you know, everybody listening, right? And for everybody listening, like this idea that many times our struggles, the struggles that you and I have in life, especially the struggles that we've had for 20 or 30 years and can't resolve, are actually rooted in our lineage. They're actually rooted in our lineage. And in a way, we inherited the energetics of the pattern. And that's why we can't resolve them. That's why we can't resolve them. But they did this. They did this famous uh, experiment with with mice, and they took these mice, and they took a male mouse, and they gave it the scent of cherry blossoms. So it smelled the cherry blossom scent. Smell that, and then they give it a small jolt, a little shock, and eventually this mouse didn't have to even have the little jolt. They would just give him the scent of cherry blossoms and he would respond as if he was being jolted. Like his nervous system was now wired to this thing, this scent. So this is the male. They took the sperm out. They impregnated a female mouse, never had anything to do with the rest of the experiment. They impregnated this female. She meet this male. They didn't talk. <laughs> they didn't have a conversation about what, what just happened to him. Right. And she had babies. They called, I think, pups. And then grandbabies. So the grandbaby mice never met this father. 
So it's in the DNA and they exposed the gram babies to the scent of cherry blossoms and they responded with the same trauma response as their grandfather. Never had anything to do with him, never met him. So what are the trauma responses that you and I have or the blocks that you and I have that aren't ours? Their grandmas or their grandpas. And, but it was never resolved in the lineage. And so the pattern carried on. So I think that's a great, maybe testimonial to the, the power of the trauma in the lineage and, and, a, and kind of a, a showing of the way it gets passed forward. You and I inherit it. What's not resolved. Now, okay, so if you're saying the grandparents, but how do we know it's not further back? I mean, they might have inherited others. So as we, as the generations go, is there more and more and more and more and more unresolved trauma? I mean, is that why? Yes. Are so effed up right now. I mean, how do you, and then how do you resolve it? What's the answer? We can try therapy. Uh, I respect therapy. I've been with my therapist. I love my therapist now. I've been with her for seven years. But it doesn't work at this level. It does not work at the energetic ancestral level. Or if it does, it is just super difficult to resolve. Uh, you know, you see this. The grandparents came from uh, Ireland. They sent away grandmother. And because there was a famine and they were starving. And you see the granddaughter, and the granddaughter might come to me for a session. She might say, well, I'm always hoarding things. I don't know why, but I'm always scared I'm not going to have enough. I'm always scared that what I have is going to be taken away. And so that's the imprint. That's the grandmother's trauma. That's the maybe even the great-grandmother's trauma. That we don't have enough in the family. We're going to send, we're going to send like your story, right? We're going to send our granddaughter. We're going to send our daughter away to America uh, so she doesn't starve. In, in this case. And yes, as you say, it can go back farther. It can go back three, four, five. Um, <laughs> I tell you a story. I've, I've seen it in my lineage where some kind of darkness, some really dark energy showed up in my lineage. And that one went back, I think, five or six generations to a great, 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 great grandmother uh, and something that happened to her. And how do you know it's dark? Or you can feel it. It's not a happy. You can feel it. Yeah, I think, you know, I think just the way people intuitively, probably more women, because I think more women are more in touch with their bodies at this point, uh, get the intuitive vibe of creepy. Like they mm. just get, you know, you just buy some person, buy a man, buy a woman, whatever. And you just get the creepy vibe. Like, no, stay away from this. This dude doesn't feel good. Mm. Um, so there are ways we can just feel things vibrationally. And our own system is attuned and has awareness. And how does, you know, let's say you're, let's say you're going back or let's say for you, you went back and you experienced like the thing in the field or, um, when the, when the, the four boys were sent to America, like how, you know, for the audience, how does that get, um, healed? I guess healed would be the world. Like, how do you... Mm -hmm release it and let go and get free. I know. Yeah. Let, let's, let's start with a, a premise right before that one. And the premise right before that one is if you and I have fairly healthy mom and dad, fairly healthy, not perfect, but fairly healthy grandma, grandpa, there is an energy flow 
that simply comes from them through the bond. We have a we all have a bond with mom and dad. We all have a bond with grandma, grandpa. We'll have a bond with our family system. Right? It's part of the energetics. Bond is just an energetic connection. It's an energetic flow. It's a literal thing. And if if those bonds are healthy, you and I are gonna walk through life with so much more strength so much more resource, so much able to face our challenges, to overcome our fears, to bring our gifts to the world, because we've got this healthy inheritance that propels us forward. And and you and I can be in a situation where we're like, wow, I feel really supported right now. And when we have that sense of like, I feel really supported, it's almost like we can work miracles. We're like, I can take on the world from this place. Unfortunately, most of us, especially the healers, because healers take on the wounds. Um, and I think many healers are actually cleaning up the family trauma. I think that's the black sheep pattern. I think many black sheep are actually carrying the trauma for the lineage to, to process it. It's unfortunate. It's a hard path. Um, <laughs> I forgot what your question was. was like, I, I know I was talking about... So yeah, uh, if you see the yeah. wound or you're not, let's say you're not one of the strong, healthy people and your yeah. parents didn't have good energy and you, let's say you do the consolation and you see, oh, you know, they were given away at birth or my yeah. great grandmother was sad or, you know, even for me, the, this terror that I wake up in the middle of the night, like, how do we release that? How do we get free? How does, yeah. is it just being aware of it? You know? So that was the no. question. Being aware of it's a piece and it can help for sure. But going back to this idea that we're actually in an energetic bond and an energetic connection with mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, and the family, that with the process, with constellation work, with this lineage healing modality, we can restore, we can restore the broken bonds. We can disconnect from trauma bonds that are impacting and slowing us, stopping us, blocking us. And we can clean up bonds that are unhealthy, but need to be purified, clean up so that just we just feel it in our body. Um, oh, I just feel more resourced. I just feel more alive. We see this so often, Hillary, and you maybe see this in the constellations you're part of. So many times it's the, the babies who died young that um and nobody can grieve them and nobody talk about them they create this imprint on the system of let's say grandma's not able to grieve and and there's a deep spirituality around family systems that want everything to be felt it's almost like there's an intelligence in them and want everyone to be included and when people are excluded from the lineage, when emotions aren't felt, the grief's not felt, the trauma's not felt, it creates this ripple and those are the things that we inherit. But through this process, working energetically, we can clean up all of these bonds. And I wish I could get across in a talk just how powerful the potential is. That I, I can share a story, actually. I'll share a story. And I think hopefully this will help. And then if you want, you can share your story because I, I know you received a constellation too. I had done constellations around my mother for years. And they were always helpful. They were always helpful. My mom was my big wound. But they never got to the core. They never got to the thing, the, the gold, the diamond nugget. And I finally did a constellation one day. And this constellation in a span of an hour 
hour and a half. Completely changed my life. And before that constellation, when I would think about my mother, I think of my thought, I think it was very traditional. It was like, yeah, I wish she had done more work. I'm resentful. I have resentment. I love her, but she leans on me and takes my energy, you know, those sorts of things. After that one particular constellation that really hit the, the heart of the matter, I, and this has been three years since that, I have never had another negative thought around my mother. Not one time in my, in three years, and I mean that literally, not one negative thought in three years. I have nothing but love for her. She's passed now, but I have nothing but love for her. That's the power of the level of shift that can happen. I almost think it's more of a soul shift than a psychological shift. So it's kind of like we lose a part of our soul or something, you know, we can restore all that. Yeah. And I don't know if you can say, like, what happened in that hour? Mm. Like, was it something you saw? Was it something you became aware of? Okay. This, this was a powerful one. So, so people were taken on the roles, as you and I know. People okay. were playing parts. Playing parts. Yeah. I had gotten some intuitive hits over the previous months that darkness was in play in my family lineage, that there was some malevolent energies. And I believe attachments are real. I believe attachments are real, that malevolent beings are real. And, you know, they can feed off human energy if they can get into our energetic field. I think sometimes even our thoughts, like I want to commit suicide, things like that, are malevolent energies, malevolent attachments. And I got some hints that there was malevolence in my lineage. And so I led this constellation and we did the process. And I put in a rep, representative for rep, relevant darkness, relevant darkness. And it went back. This is the one I mentioned a little bit earlier. It went back five, six generations. And what it showed was a great, 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 great grandmother looked like she had through war. She had been raped and impregnated, had a child and she killed that child. She killed that child. She murdered. She murdered that child. And my mother and I had an energetic bond and connection with this ancestor. So it was relevant for us. I get goosebumps. I'm talking about it. Uh, it was relevant for us. So that's that was such a block to my mother and I being able to share love because we were entangled with a mom who killed her son. Get it? You see and it? And that was the thinking of having an abortion. Oh and that was part God. of the thinking of having abortion and, and all that. And when my mother's rep in the field saw this ancestor, this would have been her great, great, great grandmother, and saw what had been going on for the first time in Constellation Work, she was like, oh, my gosh, like, wow, I feel stronger. I'm like, oh, this is what's been wrong with me. Uh, and then she looked at my rep and she's like, wow, Jack, you know, I want to hold you. And that was, that was really the first time in the field that, that our reps came into a loving bond. But then after that, uh, my, my attitude changed 100%. It really changed my life. You can imagine having a healthy relationship with mom, even though she's passed over uh, for the first time in 50 years. It's, it's pretty substantial. It's like, oh my God, 50 years of trauma. And now it's just like, wow, there's just love. It's just love. But isn't it incredible that this person could see that happening in the field? Like that, do you know what I mean? Like that, that can't, but that's the amazing part of it is that we do see it. Yeah. We can see it, even though it makes no sense. 
but I, I was having a, um, I was having a, I think it was a tarot card reading, but at the beginning she just talks and she channels and what she was saying was that even though, you know, the, these, I've got my hands up here. I'm, even though these generations are gone, their energy is still here. We could still, you know, she was seeing, oh, she was terrified, someone was terrified of bridges. And when she could see back, she could see in her lineage, someone had thrown her off a bridge and killed her. But she could talk to the woman who did it, who was her friend. I don't know. It was some crazy, like, like oh, I think she wanted to be with her husband. And so she threw this woman off the bridge and killed her. But they created this forgiveness. And, and she said it was like the same time. It was like the same time as now, even though it was before. You know, so there was something with time. There was something with these energies are still around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, how, you know, it's kind of like time travel. It kind of makes your head crazy. Like, could it all be happening at the same time? It's already happened. It was in the past. Whatever. You you can't really, I guess you can't really think about it because it's not, it's not the way our thinking can go. But then she wasn't afraid of going over bridges, you know? It's amazing. Yeah, I think many times phobias and fears irrational, irrational phobias yeah. and fears that people have, they're in the lineage. Yeah. They happen to an ancestor and we're carrying it. And we don't know why. Yeah. And we, we have no idea why, because especially in our Western model, it's really thrown out this idea of the importance of ancestors, even though for thousands of years, humans have known ancestry is important. Science comes along, they you can't prove it, so it doesn't really exist. So we lose sight and most of the people, and certainly in the U.S. too, there's a break in most of our bonds because the families had to flee. They fled because they were starving. They fled from religious persecution. They fled from the wars. And so there's massive breaks in certainly in American culture bonds. And do you think it's the same for, I mean, you figure anyone who's in America, you know, not Indians, but have come here, and obviously that was some kind of break, to leave your homeland, to come, you know. Do you think there's more trauma there, or do you think, like, if you're still in Europe and you never left, do you still have your own trauma? Do you know, do you think it's unique to us? No. No, I think I think a particular bond of disconnect from the ancestry is more unique to us, but the trauma, relevant trauma, you know, especially the wars in Europe, you know, we haven't had that in the U.S. in the past uh, couple of generations. Yeah. So that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Wow. Oof. Okay. So, all right. So where do you want to go from here? We have about seven minutes, but I want to be able to mm-hmm. wrap up for the last few. What, where, I know you want, you want people to know about this or understand it or have yeah, it available to them. Let me let me share the new way I'd mentioned to you earlier that I've I've been thinking about this. The the current paradigm for you and I as humans is that we you and I come out of the womb and we're a baby and we're a baby. And then our life experience is basically gonna depend on what happened in childhood and ourselves. Like can I overcome? Am I being blocked? 
uh, my struggles. I, I can't succeed in life. I don't know why. And, and that's kind of the mindset. That's kind of the mindset of the Western model, Western-oriented person. But it's and our fault. It's our yeah. fault. Yeah. yeah, it's our fault. And it's the trauma of childhood. But the more I think about this, 15 years of constellation work, seeing this modality and play over and over and over again in this soul level work, uh, I realized like, no, when we're, we're an infant and we come out of the womb, I would speculate that maybe we're 40% childhood trauma. So our struggles in life, challenges, things we can't overcome, things we can't, 40%. And, but yet that's the place we work. We're, we're like, I'm working on my childhood trauma because I want to succeed. I want to thrive. I think when we come out of the womb, 40%, but we're, I think we're about 30% ancestry. And we never work at this level. We never try to resolve this level. And yet this process, this mm, two-hour process, we're actually channeling a family field in a way and working with all the energetics of it with a group of about 10, 12 people in my events. Super powerful. If you could imagine, you know, 12 people working energetically all at the same time for two hours, it's like condensed. That's like 24 hour, human hours just working on this person's field. Uh, I think we're, I think we're 20, 30% past life. Um, as I understand it, at a soul level, we are imprints of the planetary alignment. I, I'm not so much of an astrology person, but it seems to be relevant from things like so. We only work at this kind of childhood and trauma level, and yet, as souls having a human experience, I've seen galactic lifetimes. Whether you believe that, whether you don't believe that, but it, you know whether it's real or not, maybe it's just an archetype. But it still seems to change the person receiving the constellation. It still has a big imprint on them. Uh, so what I would love to get across to your audience, to people, is like we are so much more than just our childhood experience and our own struggles, what we're good at, what we're not good at. And there are other ways of working which can provide dramatic shifts. And if, if people have struggled with something for 20 or 30 years and they haven't resolved it, Come see me. Come see. Go see someone else. This constellation work. We do it online. It's amazing. Do it online. We do the process online. Um, but if we struggle for twenty or thirty years, the problem is happening at a different level, and we have to address that level. And in my work, it's energetic ancestral. Wow, that's what I would hope to get across. So you can do these ten to twelve people online. They don't even have to be with. You. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do it all the time. I just did one last night that was amazing. Amazing. It's up on YouTube. It's an amazing constellation. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you can watch them. Mm -hmm. Watch them. Recorded. Shareable. Uh, I'm posting building my YouTube channel right now, but just all these demonstrations of the work, a lot of them around healers that are blocked. Wow. Yeah, what's blocking the healer? Yeah. Wow. All right. Awesome. Well, so I can't believe we already have to wrap up, but... I want to know how people find you and what do you want to leave people with going forward? Great. Uh, I'm easy to find, Jack Blackwell. And you can find me at uh, my website is healingfamilytrauma.com. So healingfamilytrauma.com, very simple. Okay. And my email is jack at healingfamilytrauma.com. And uh, you can also Google me uh, and Family Constellation Work to find me on YouTube. And uh, those are the best ways. Those are the best ways. Okay.
And then what do you want to leave people with? Like, where do you see the world? What's your wish for the world in five years? Let me leave. Let me. I don't know. On a spiritual level, it's so interesting what's going on in the world right now. Uh, you can constellate that too. We've constellated like current social issues. It's fascinating to see what's going on. Um, what do leave people with with this? You and I, almost everyone, we're so comfortable. We're so used to the psychological story of our lineages. Uh, mom did this, dad did this, grandma did this, grandpa did this, uh, etc. It's a trauma level story, and it's it's super relevant. It has a place. The problem is we don't have another narrative, and there is another narrative, and the other narrative is at the deepest level of what you and I are. That mom's highest self, the part of her that is connected to source energy, the part of her that's had, I believe, hundreds of lifetimes. Some lifetimes she's the victim. Some lifetimes she's the perpetrator. Some lifetimes she's a great mother. Some lifetimes she's a shit mother. She's had a myriad, myriad of experiences. And this is her essence. This is her divine spark. This is her radiance. This is her glow. Same with dad, right? He's had so many lifetimes. And, and, and in some way in this lifetime, they chose you or the person listening like, oh, you're the perfect daughter for us this lifetime, for our soul lessons. And the daughter could say, wow, you're the perfect parents for me for this lifetime, for my soul lessons, right? So there's the trauma level, but then there's another level. And this other level is just based on love. It's mm. just based on love that I believe we, we've had many, many lifetimes with mom and dad, maybe for, mo for many of us, for sure. Uh, and sometimes we're the parent and we're, we're crappy parents. Sometimes we're the child. But we just, something about the soul we love dancing with. We love being with them. And so I would love to just uh, restore in some way to people that there is a deeper level, not to invalidate the trauma. Trauma's real, counts. But to also balance it by the soul level. Mm. You know? That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the work you're doing. I think it's so powerful. And, you know, I think it can change the world. And I think that's what we're all looking for is a world based on love. Beautiful. Love that. Yeah. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Hillary. Uh, loved it. Appreciate it. So grateful for the opportunity and great talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode. I started getting real with Hillary when I discovered that I was a people-pleasing, pleasant phony and wanted to be more of my real self. We can grow together. If you will like the show, subscribe to my channel and share this episode with your friends and family so that we can have a world that's more real.